You're listening to Love Talk Live with the relationship expert, Jamie Bronstein, only on LA Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to Love Talk Live. Today I have with me in studio, sorry, I just started laughing, I'm sorry. (laughs) We were laughing before. We're happy to be here. I always knew this was going to happen. Sorry, (laughs) Yanni Kim Morena, welcome. Hi. You, <laughs> you so know how they do those me. live shows and, they, and, and the people can't stop laughing? Uh, yeah, that it might liter- happen It today. literally has never happened before, <laughs> but we were talking about something before that made me laugh. Yanni Kim Moreno, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to have you. I'm happy to be here. Thank you for having me. I've met my match in terms of talking. I mean, we, we spoke on the phone a few weeks ago, and... We just yapped away and yapped away and yapped away, and we were just sitting here, and we, I looked over, and the station manager was like, you got to go. <laughs> we're just yapping away. So welcome to the show. Thank you. She has done so much in her life that it's amazing. She I'm has, tired. She has a beautiful <laughs> story, a beautiful story with there's food, there's fashion, there's family. So let's. I'm going to tell you guys a little bit about her. And then we'll just kind of get into talking about food and relationships and all that fun, yummy stuff. Okay, so along with her husband, Marana owns and operates the Albright under their the EST 1977 group, a boutique restaurant group specializing in the revitalization of legacy businesses and curated food concepts. Under Marana's direction, the EST 1977 restaurant group has rapidly expanded to include cast iron catering a boutique catering company, and Pappy's, a casual, full-service dining experience focused on classic seafood fare located in in San Pedro. Most recently, they have taken over Rusty's, another cornerstone business on the Santa Monica Pier. As with previous ventures, Marana will rebrand the restaurant with a new name and menu that celebrates the culinary and cultural boundary of this dynamic seaside city. Despite her family's legacy in the restaurant world, Morena originally decided to follow a path in fashion over food, starting with part-time jobs at Fred Siegel and as a stylist while she pursued a degree in merchandising. In 1999, just before Morena turned 22, she opened her first shop-in shop at Fred Siegel. It's called Fred Siegel Tiara with hair accessories. She's done everything, I'm telling you. (laughs) After her business exploded in its first year, Morena expanded Fred Siegel Tiara into a new jewelry and handbag business. In 2004, she launched the ready-to-wear boutique Fred Siegel Couture within the iconic Fred Siegel Santa Monica. The exclusive shop concentrated on designer European brands, including Dolce & Gabbana, Missoni, and Robert Cavalli. In 2012, Fred Siegel sold half of its Santa Monica retail compound, a move that prompted Marana to begin exploring opportunities outside the realm of fashion. An external entrepreneur, Marana just launched the next extension of her brand, Kimchi Avocado, which she will explain why she chose that, and it's a beautiful, has a beautiful meaning behind it. Kimchi Avocado by Yoni Kim, a digital platform where she fuses her fashion skills and restaurant experience to share a love of food, family, friends, and fun, combining the California lifestyle with her Korean roots. Inspired by the, the struggles and joys that come from juggling work and family life, Morana is excited to highlight the efficient and innovative ways she has found to entertain and cook for her family and friends, bringing them together at the table, just as she does at her restaurants. Sticking true to her couture roots, 
by Yanni Kim is shot and curated exclusively by the world-renowned celebrity photographer Yu Tsai. Just in time for holiday 2019, Morena has launched KCA Grazing Boards by Yoni Kim, expertly crafted cheese, char- I never know how to pronounce it, char- charcuterie, charcuterie, <laughs> crudite. There you go. On the opposite of, a, I love eating food, I just don't know <laughs> that much about it. This is why we're learning. <laughs> crudite and fruit boards available for delivery in Los Angeles. Yanni and her husband, Greg, live in Santa Monica with their two young children. I'm telling you, 42 years, <laughs> people, most people don't do half of that I, in their life. I, Seriously. What can I say? I like to stay busy. And there's so much more. <laughs> you have so much more life to be had. <laughs> so tell us about your story. She has such an amazing story about your family, how you got here, what you're doing, and we're definitely going to get into that love talk. Don't worry. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I would just love to hear about your life. Um, well, I am born and raised in Santa Monica, and I feel like that in itself is just kind of a rare thing because there's so many transplants here, and so is my husband. Um, and my family started this business on the Santa Monica Pier at the year I was born, 1977, and I spent a lot of time there. Uh, it's where I really fell in love with food and uh, hospitality and making people feel welcome. Um, and I spent a long time with my grandmother. She uh, was a really big part of the restaurant and in the early years was a cook there. And she used to make shrimp tempura, which was, you know, in the late 70s, early 80s, you know, it wasn't a trendy food item like it is now. So it was a real novelty and uh, it's what helped bring a lot of success to the restaurant. So I learned a lot of cooking and just how to make people feel taken care of. Um, my grandmother and so I grew up in Santa Monica in the restaurant business and I actually decided to stay in Los Angeles because I loved it and went into the fashion business at a very young age I had no idea what I was doing (laughs) which I think was a good thing and I opened my first business when I was uh, just shy of my 21st birthday um, at Fred Siegel and I loved it. Again, it was taking care of people. So being of service, I really enjoyed, and I've always loved fashion. So I started my businesses there. And at the same time, my husband, who I've known since I was 12, we grew up next door to each other. I know. Oh, my God. It's so weird. I purposely did not ask her the whole story of how (laughs) she met her husband or anything because I wanted to hear. Oh, wow. Okay. So my husband and I... Uh, he was a student at um, Northridge at the time studying finance and I was in my first year of business and hated numbers or bookkeeping or anything that had to do with budgeting and he said you know let me help you out with that and so from there he launched his business as well um, an accounting firm which is not his business anymore but he slowly acquired a lot of other clients from Fred Siegel that you know, we're all in fashion. None of us want to deal with numbers. So he started an accounting firm, and we were just friends at the time. Um, we were actually best friends. He was my guy who, you know, was my date at weddings. Um, we, it was funny because in a lot of ways we were dating without, you know, without the title um, and without you, the physical aspect. Did you, who liked who more? Okay. There had to have been somebody. So, 
we grew up next door to each other, and when I first moved in to next door, I was 12 years old. He was considered the younger man, um, a whole grade younger, and it was the typical, he had a crush on me, but he was the younger boy, so I just, you know, thought of him as like a cute younger brother type. Um, but I still have letters that he wrote me when I was 12 years old. Six-page letters every single day would be under my doormat. Just, it was, I have to hand it to him because as a 12-year-old <gasps> kid, he was really oh open with his emotions. It was sweet. He would, he would say, you know, I love your hair. I love your eyes. I think you're one of the prettiest girls I've ever met. Um, oh, my God. Yeah. That's amazing. And you have these letters. I still have them, which I'm actually, I just think it's funny that I saved them because I've thrown away a lot of things over the years, but those letters I saved. And um, so, yeah, so we developed a friendship from there, and we were always just, it never went any further. Um, then in the high school years, I liked him back and had a crush on him, and he was too cool for school, and, and, and it was all a blessing. It was all a blessing because we both had to grow and do our thing to really come back together and, you know, be together when, when the timing was right. Mm -hmm. um, so we were just best friends, and he was the kind of best friend that when he came back from college, he would always check in on me, or um, if I had a bad breakup, he was there to kind of nurse me back to my sanity. Um, so yeah, so we built our businesses together. We were best friends. Like I said, we would have back when Blockbuster existed, we would have our Blockbuster nights. He would help me move. But nothing. Nothing. Nothing not ever. Even, not even a kiss. It would was, your friends say things oh. to you? Like, are you guys going to get together? Would, would his friends? Everybody. I mean, apparently, when we had our big coming out and announcement that we were dating, everyone said, finally, it's about time. You guys are the only two people in this world who didn't get the memo until now. And it made sense to everybody else. They, Everybody else saw it. Oh, it was so obvious because we just had a great friendship. It's really what, you know, I mean, of course, the chemistry is very important. But at the end of the day, that foundation of having a friendship was... Um, really what what was the key to our, the success of our relationship. Um, so yeah, so we started dating in our late 20s when I was coming out of a seven-year relationship Wow, with actually somebody he introduced me to. And this guy was just, it's your typical in your 20s relationship where he was not emotionally available and I was always the one chasing him. And he, I think I left my self-esteem somewhere on the 405, like threw it out the window because I just was practically begging like this a puppy person, dog. pretty much. And he broke up with me and he made it very clear that he did not want to be in a relationship with me. And I sat in my home and cried every single day for two weeks. And you know who came to my house every single day and opened the curtains and the windows and said, you know what, you really need to get out of your house. That was my husband. And he was just that best friend, and he would take me out to eat. And and at the end of... But, question. Yes. Never throughout those tears when you're sitting there, was there ever a kiss or anything? Never. And so here's when the aha moment Was came. he dating anybody? He dated a lot of people. Right. <laughs> so he was dating he was, some... he was He was dating, but nothing ever really serious. And he... So in that time, 
I wrote a list. I'm really big on manifestations. And I said, you know what? I'm going to make a list of what I want in my next relationship. And it occurred to me that this list was every was basically describing him. And we had this, I don't know that this sounds very romantic, but we had a night where we were, you know, had a little bit too much sake at a, at a sushi bar. And I said, do you know what I'm thinking right now? And he said, I, I really do. And I said, you do? I said, wow, you really are my best friend. You know me so well. What am I thinking? And he said, well, I think it's kind of obvious that, you know, the feelings are changing between us. And I started laughing, and I said, that is not at all what I had in mind. I actually wanted you to take me to In-N-Out Burger, but <laughs> that's, let's have that conversation. <laughs> it's, I mean, this is like a sitcom. This is oh, what people write about. You can't make things like this up. It was hilarious. and he That really happened. That really happened. And he said, this is, I can just feel the <laughs> You're like, feelings. I just wanted a hamburger. <laughs> yeah, right. Animal style. Exactly. How did you know? Um, and so there was a little, a little drama there that had to be worked out because I had broken up with this guy that he had introduced me to. And, and when I tell you I am married to the most honest, honorable man, he said, if we're going to go through with this, I need to make sure that I let this guy know. So we're not going to have anything happen. Um, so he let the guy know that I have some very real feelings for Yanni, and um, I just want you to know we're gonna, you know, move forward with this. And so he took me out on an official date, and I said, we really need to just, obviously we know we like each other, but I need to see, it's all in a kiss. I need to know if there's yes. any sort of chemistry there, because yeah. why bother? And it was literally the best kiss I've ever had in my whole entire life. I love it. I hope. Our family isn't going to listen to this. <laughs> they support you. They support the kissing. They were. Good. They were actually really, really happy. Um, and I said, wow, I can't believe this is what I've been holding out on. <laughs> you were living next door all this time. You could have been kissing every day. Oh, it was. It was. That's when I knew. And he said, I just hope you know. And this is after one kiss and one date. He said, I hope you know that we're getting married because we're not just ruining a friendship for right. nothing. Right. So um, we started dating and made our big announcement to everybody. And everyone was like, yeah, we know. <laughs> it's just so obvious. Um, but it was, I would say, within less than a year, we were engaged. And then now here we are, I think 13 years married and um, working together, which is, you know, not for everybody. But um, we've been built businesses together. We have had two children together. So, um, yeah, we are, we're in it. <laughs> What's coming to me is, I'm just thinking about what could we say, what is inspirational to the, to the viewers about this? And it's, what's interesting is that there are couples that, that they meet, they get engaged, it just happens fast and they, and they are meant to be, they stay together forever. And then sometimes there's such a, a beauty in timing and really what you guys did. Now, if a couple meets at 30, they're not going to spend the next 20 years being friends. Of course. <laughs> However, maybe there's a way. The, I think the message really is 
to whatever you're doing to not do it until it feels right Absolutely. and to be authentic. Absolutely. It seems like that's, you guys got to the point where you felt like it was just right and authentic and right. Exactly. I mean, timing, I think, with everything, not just relationships, is key. And also, I think the idea of maybe not being friends with someone for 20 years, but maybe someone you already are friends with, you know, seeing things through a different lens. You know, so everyone, the one question I get asked a lot is, didn't you ever, didn't it ever occur to that's you? That's what I'm wondering. Right? Yes. yes. And that's why I always say to my friends, you know, if you have somebody that you really enjoy, you know, don't discount that because that is really a lot of the times, you know, I think the key to a happy relationship, I enjoy, it's not just the physical attraction. I really enjoy his companionship. Mm -hmm. I enjoy being with him. And, you know, even if it's the most mundane task, picking out paint colors, I love being around him. Yeah. So um, don't discount the people that maybe have been in your life and you're not, you know, you never thought you were attracted to them. You really never know. Yes, I feel like that's that's the key the, that people don't think about as much. But it, it's actually really simple. Just find somebody that you just enjoy their company. You enjoy, you enjoy being in their presence. It very it, it's very underrated. Absolutely. No, I I couldn't agree more. Okay, so since you do work in food, oh wait, before we go on to that, before we move on from the relationship, my favorite topic. <laughs> what would you say is the key? Not to a successful marriage, but your successful marriage. Besides so, for being friends first. But like <laughs> you're in the marriage now. What is, what's the, the inspirational little nugget you can share? So I that will keeps it going. say there's two things. Um, there's more than two things, but, you know, considering how much time we have to talk. Um, I think respect is... It sounds very cliche, you know, respect, but I think, you know, I see a lot of, um, just like my girlfriends when we talk, you know, at the end of the day, like being snarky, you know, like I, I see a lot of fights coming and arguments coming from, you know, a lack of respect. And that is one thing I will say about my husband, and this is something I had to learn because I've been in a lot of relationships where fighting was just a normal part of being in a relationship. Um, he never speaks to me. We have disagreements, but he has never spoken to me without respect, even if he's angry, and um, which we all do. It's an, an, a natural human emotion. And I've had to learn that because I've, you know, said things or you know, that I might have regretted. In, um, it happens. It, exactly. Um, but he's really taught me it's okay. That's okay to have that emotion, but let's have a mutual respect for one another, which seems so simple, but it's actually something I've had to work on, and it's been really helpful for us to have, you know, a harmonious relation relationship because, um, as you know, you bring kids into the mix, and things get a little stressful. Um, so... Other than respect, this sounds really silly, but I mean it, is meal prepping. <laughs> is the key to a happy marriage. Wow. Love it. It is food. It is having, not allowing people to become hangry 
And knowing that there's delicious, beautiful food in the refrigerator, I am telling you, it is the key to a happy marriage. Okay. Since I've been meal prepping, it has been amazing. <laughs> Which brings us to food is love. Yes, it is. So let's talk about, I mean, this is what you do. This is what I do. I have always loved food, as I said earlier. Um, growing up in the restaurant business and having my grandmother be such an influential part of my life. Um, and it also was the language of love in my household. My family is, um, they're immigrants, and their culture is not necessarily telling you they love you every second or complimenting you. It's just not the Asian way. Um, I think I've, my mom has told me she's proud of me. I could count on, on one hand. Um, but their way of showing love is through food. Mm. And we, no matter how hard my parents worked, how tired they were, there was always a beautiful meal that we all sat down to. Um, and I realized at a very early age what kind of emotion it could evoke when I would bring a piping hot plate of you know, beautiful beef to my father. And he wouldn't say much, but he would smile and just kind of closed his eyes as he was eating, like with such satisfaction and comfort. Wow. And I just remember thinking, oh, food makes people happy. Food makes people feel taken care of and nurtured. Um, and loved, yeah. And loved. And so I have always kept that with me, even when I was in fashion um, and I wasn't working with food. I loved entertaining and I loved having people over and hosting dinner parties. I think just because I knew that it made people feel great. Um, so I, when I left fashion and I went into the restaurant business, I just brought that with me. I brought that same feeling of wanting to make people feel taken care of. Um, and then I had another opportunity again to do that when I got married. And you know, my husband grew up with a house full of guys. It was just his dad and his brother. And you know, he was used to eating cereal and, you know, guy food. It was it was a bachelor house. So Manwich? Pretty much. Manwich. Oh, that was if they got fancy. No, that was that Isn't was that like <laughs> just the ground beef in the can thing. Oh, yeah. Manwich. No, I, totally, exactly. On a piece of like wonder bread. Um yeah. So that was, you know, how they grew up eating. And so I loved cooking for my husband and having him just feel loved and taken care of. And so I did a lot of cooking and learning um, what he loved to eat. And then, of course, when I had children, um, I that's where the meal prepping came in because there would be days where my husband and I would come home, you know, from work and you have 30 minutes and everyone's hungry. And it was really stressful for me to figure out what I was going to make in 30 minutes and have it be good and fast. And um, so now I spend one day a week. I spend my Mondays just making everything that everybody loves, which is like chicken, some sort of protein, having a pasta, a grain, um, some great roasted vegetables, maybe some bone broth. And I fill up my fridge and... Every day it is, you know, there's food ready to go. Who wouldn't love that? <laughs> Who wouldn't that make happy? Um, and it sounds ridiculous, but it actually has been really great for us as a family unit just to have, um, you know, a routine and knowing that there's 
comfort there. Mm, I like that. Yeah. And what you do is you – so I work with people, and I help them in different ways, and it brings me joy. And I can tell just from talking to you that this food, making people happy through food, makes you happy and brings you joy. So it's so interesting that when we really tap into our passions and what we are on this earth to do and what our, what our heart feels the most on fire with, what our soul feels the most on fire with, then we know that we are living our best life and we are in the flow. Absolutely, absolutely. I feel like, um, you know, I've never been somebody who was going to pick one path and stay on it for the rest of my life because life changes and, you know, you evolve as a person. And I've never felt like I've been more on my authentic path than I am now, which is um, sharing my recipes and how I cook for my family, which is a very personal thing to share with people. It's, it's, it's bringing you into, you know, my home. And, um, and it's also allowed me to relive some of the memories of being with my grandmother and bringing those traditions into um, our home with my children because my grandmother and my mom never wrote down any recipes. And so a lot of this has been asking my mom questions and writing things down and videotaping her and then bringing those recipes to you know the digital platform and um, allowing them to live in other people's kitchens too, which is, you know, I think what I do with the restaurants, like bringing legacies, you know, back and keeping them alive, I think is really important. Um, so I'm very excited about this new path. I love when you were talking before about your, how in your culture that even though your mom isn't expressing her love, you know that she loves you. And that's a good message for everybody because it's kind of like it's acceptance of how somebody operates and just having that. But did it take you time to get to that point? Did it take you time to really grow up to accept that? Like when you were little? I'm still figuring out how to accept that because in so many ways I'm American and Americans tell each other in our culture. Not all. <laughs> Not everybody's comfortable with their feelings. But yes, we do. Yes. Right. A lot. I mean, it's, you know, you say, my husband tells his dad he loves him every time he gets off the phone with him. It's really sweet. Um, so there is part of me that feels, you know, questioned sometimes. You know, are you proud of me, mom? And, you know, still at 42 years old, I, there is, of course. I've, I've, I've learned now what her love language is. And, um, you know, I take what she accepts, of course, and I know that she loves me, but of course there's a part of me that, you know, it's, um, it's hard for me. One thing that I've learned is in a situation like that, the more love you give to that person, they kind of, Absolutely. whether they admit they're softening or not, you know, just when we give love, we receive you give and receive. And even if you don't receive it back, the act of the giving of the love is enlightening. I, that's the secret sauce. I, you have uncracked the secret sauce. I've always been such a reactive person, kind of waiting to see. Expecting. Yes. But now I just put the love out there. Give it, yes. I just yes. give the love. Be and it. Yes, 
Absolutely. And that is something I figured out much later. I wish that I had figured that out in my earlier years. But most people, I don't think anybody does. <laughs> We're human. <laughs> this is part of the human experience, the fun human experience. Exactly. Exactly. So I feel like as long as we do eventually understand these concepts before you die, you know, that's all that matters. It doesn't I mean, matter how, when you get there. I'm thankful to even know them now. There's so yes. much living and life left for me that I, um, yeah, with the older generation of my family, I'm hugging, I am loving, I am cooking, like, I am embracing. Oh, yeah. Oh, I can feel people cowering when they, when I'm, I'm, I'm and I let them know I'm coming in. I'm hugging you. <laughs> so I have, I've been going to this um, occupational therapist for my hand. Mm-hmm. Very random. Anyhow, it's all better now. And I won't say his name anyhow. He's an amazing guy. And I'm a hugger. So I hugged him. And somehow the conversation came up. Well, I think, I don't know, he said that his, I remind him of his wife because his wife is very affectionate. Mm-hmm. And it turns out we're both Pisces. Very into this No stuff. surprise there. Yes. <laughs> so anyhow, and I just explained, you know, I'm a hugger. I'm sorry I won't hug you anymore if this <laughs> bothers you. Is he Asian? No, he's oh, American. Okay. <laughs> he's totally American. I'm just bringing this up. Actually, it's good for you to know that there are other people that are, you know. Just not hugging. Yes. And it was this really beautiful thing. So we were done with the appointment. And he reached out to hug me. And even his, even his assistant was like, you have no idea. Wow. This is such a big deal. He's not a hugger. He has his personal space. And I, I even said to him, I respect that. But then when he reached out to me to hug him, I was like, I'm crocking you. That's what so you exciting. get. That's yes. what I mean. You yes. you have the secret sauce. That's what it yes. is. And that's a doctor. Just give the love. Yes. Who's not even Asian? <laughs> he's not Asian. No, he's like fully American, as far as <laughs> as far as I know. Yeah. So some people just sometimes it just takes love to understand love. Maybe. Absolutely. And I'm, um, you know, it's I think it's a risk even for the people who are giving the love because you're showing vulnerability. Yes. Yes. Um, but I don't care. I do it. I have I have committed to having that be my way. Yeah. I'm so happy that you brought that up because um, yeah, I figured that out. Like, you know what? I'm just gonna put the love out there. With no expectations. No expectation. And that's the be- no attachments to any outcome. That is the best way to live with everything. Absolutely. Absolutely. And actually having kids I've realized that's kind of their way too. I mean, my kids don't give me love with expectations. They just love on me. So it's really a beautiful pure way to you know, live your life. Yes. Yeah, and I'm glad that you're bringing up children because children, I have a four-year-old, and children, they haven't been on this earth for long enough to have life experiences, you know, a lot of life experiences. And so they just are loved. And we can learn from children. We can also learn from tapping into our inner child Mm -hmm. and to bring that back and to just forget about anything and everything that's happened in life that are making these stories in our minds and just be give, receive love. It's so simple. Oh, yeah. And I think I actually learn more from my children than they learn from me. And that's so beautiful. Yeah. They're so inspirational. Oh, they, every day they inspire me. And I feel like it's our job to, to talk about these things with them so that maybe they can grow up and not let their stories affect their lives. Oh, absolutely. We have, um, dialogue about everything in our household just because it's not the way that I was raised and Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. 
um, of course, that's what we're all doing as parents, healing our own wounds as we, you know, raise our children. But I talk about everything with my kids, you know, and hopefully, like you said, that just won't have to be their narrative if they don't right. want it to be. Yes, it doesn't have to. And, of course, they're human. They'll have some things that they need to heal and grow from. Oh, I've for sure, you know, done some damage of there <laughs> because we're just all we're doing the best we can. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I remember when Noah was, I think he was two or something, when he first, like, really started understanding the word language and stuff, and I would say, and I taught him, where your heart? I'm like, what is this? This is your heart. And I'd say, where's your heart? And he'd point to his heart. Actually, he pointed to his belly for a long time. He thought his heart was in his belly, but anyhow. But I close. No, where's your heart? And go like that. <laughs> and then I'd say, what comes from your heart? And he'd say, lobby. From the from young young age, and he knows what I do for my job. He knows I'm like the love doctor, or you know, like yeah. I yeah. I work with relationships and love. So they get from it. yeah from a young age. They get it. I mean, my son, I have a ten year old and a five year old, and when I was working on all the digital content for my new brand, I was pulling 14-hour days. And, you know, he asked me, he said, Mom, are you not working at the restaurants anymore? And I said, no, I, I am, but I'm following my dreams, and I am sharing all of these recipes with millions of people out there so they can be their recipes too. And, you know, you could kind of just see him taking it all in, and he was there when we wrapped the last video and you know the whole crew was clapping and we said that's a wrap and I literally wanted to collapse and he I saw him walk straight up to me and he looked me straight in the eyes and his eyes were watering he said mom I'm really proud of you and I know I know I I, so I thought you are 10 yet you have this depth I mean you he you see me yeah so you see me you see me and so it's like you i i know that they're children and i know he's only been on this earth for 10 years but everything that i say all the love that i've been giving i'm like okay it's doing something yeah (laughs) you're doing something right between that and the meal prep i think i might go to heaven so (laughs) you will you will by the way we're both crying over here But we knew that was going to happen. Yeah, so we knew. We talked about it before. I said, crying's amazing. Let's embrace it. She's like, are you going to be like Oprah and ask me some crying questions? I knew that was going to happen. It's all good. (laughs) Feeling our emotions is is the best thing you can do. I think I feel feel them too hard. No, you can never feel too much. Seriously, I have clients. I have the, the spectrum of clients. Sometimes I have clients and their hearts just don't know how to open. And we're working on that. And then I have clients that feel that... They feel too much, and their hearts are, you know, too open. And I explained to those clients, you have no idea how people are struggling to be able to even feel. And wow. so to sit here and to feel and to feel throughout your day and your life and, you know, just be open and feel is beautiful. Yeah, and it is. It is. I mean, I think that's that's the essence of life, right? Yes, it's feel. Like it's our, well, our feelings are our messages to ourselves. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I'm a very deep feeler (laughs) okay so moving on to we talked about food in the relationship in the romantic relationship in the family relationship you I know you wanted to talk about how food cooking at home has helped you heal certain things so let's get into that I'm gonna cry again um (laughs) okay let's cry it's good it's good well I think I touched on it earlier um 
it has there's been a lot of healing with my mom because um, it's been it's been challenging being an American daughter of a first generation um, child of immigrants because there's a cultural barrier there because in some ways I feel very American um, but I've actually realized how very Korean I feel too since I've had children because I'm um, you know the food obviously at the language and you know a lot of the customs I've realized are really important to me and a big part of who I am and so learning to cook all of these things that I ate growing up and asking my mom and having her show me has really been a healing for my relationship with my mom mm. because you know I think growing up I don't know if I didn't, if it was an ego thing. I just didn't want to hear it. She would try and teach me things, and I would get really annoyed. Um, and I didn't, all of this wonderful knowledge that I should have been taking all along, I just, I guess I wasn't ready for it. Um, but when I decided I wanted to launch this project and really write down and catalog all of these recipes, there was such a healing with my relationship with my mom, and it's been such a bonding experience. Um, it's allowed her to share a lot of her stories too of my grandmother who I shared with you before is was very inspirational for me and um, so sharing those stories has been uh, very healing for you know the loss that I suffered I, I really mourned for a long time when my grandmother passed away so uh, that's been one aspect of healing um, and another has been for my husband who I've realized food has been a real sense of comfort and security for him. Um, you know, when I first met him, he ate with his elbow kind of up on the table. And I said, what are you doing making a joke? You're kind of guarding your table. He's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, if you didn't guard your food, he's like, my brother and I would fight <gasps> over the thing. food. And I said to him, you don't ever have to worry about that. There is always going to be enough food in our house. I will never allow there to not be food. And to this day, he still looks in the pantry and the fridge, and his face lights up like a little boy on Christmas morning. He And he said that, I love seeing food in the refrigerator yeah, and the pantry. Yeah. I Who doesn't? It. Yeah. Who doesn't? Yeah. It feels yeah comforting. Yeah. And he does not take it for granted. And he, I have said that to him. I said, I think that having the meal prep, not to sound like a broken record, has been a real source of healing for you. And he is totally, he is very, he is a man who's very in touch with his feelings. He said, I could not agree with you more. I think um, for him to see his children too, not, and it's not like they, they had, there was a lack of food. I just think that when you have growing boys and their endless pits, because let me tell you, his father did an incredible job, and his mom would come up and visit and take him out. So it's not that there was a lack of food, but it was, you know, cereal and, you know, baked beans in a can. and Yes. Not the most nutritious. No, no. And, um, and so he, I think for him, you know, being able to provide real vegetables in a garden, you know, food that came from our garden and, you know, home-cooked food has been able to heal some childhood wounds for, for him. Um, so, yeah, so there's been some really deep uh, childhood stuff that I think has now um, allowed us to, you know, move on.
move on and know that that's the past and it's no longer our narrative going forward um, and have a healthy relationship with food. Um, you know, because I know for me that's not restricting myself, but just understanding that there's not going to be, you know, a lack of it and I don't need to eat it all at once is also been, you know, a real uh, adult learning moment mm. as well. I love it. Did you want to say something else? No, no, no. Yes, I mean, this is why this is why life is so rich. When people like you and like a lot, a lot, a lot of people in this world, just not everybody, I wish it was everybody, where we are introspective, we're able to look back, look here, look for, and just say, what can I, what can I learn from this? How can I grow and evolve and be the best, live my best life, be the best person I can possibly be, be the most healed? Be the most authentic, mm -hmm. and you've done that work, and I know you will continue to do that work, so it's wonderful. Well, you know what? It was, I don't even think I had a choice, because I think in order to, you know, grow my family in the way that I wanted to, it was, um, it was necessary to heal those wounds, because, you know, you want to be the very best version of yourself for your children. But you didn't have to, but you did... And that's beautiful because, not, like I said, not everybody does yeah. that work. Yeah, yeah, that is true. And that so is true. hopefully this, you know, I, I always love giving nuggets of inspiration and just things that people can grab onto to not just go through your daily life, you know, really look at your life and not just survive but thrive, and that's what you're doing. I love, I love that line. I want you to make a T-shirt, not just, just survive, survive but thrive. Thri yes, yeah, not just getting through every day, but that's right. getting through every day with meaning yeah exactly and purpose purpose and, yeah absolutely love it i love it too okay well thank you for coming on the show oh my gosh thank now, you so much i for want you me. it's my pleasure i want you to be able to tell our viewers i mean you have so many different ways and so many different things you're doing but tell them how they can contact you yes. your websites how they can order things from you i mean you you have a lot you black going on, so. I have just begun, but um, what I'm most excited about right now is my digital platform where if you feel inspired to cook, you can find my recipes at kimchiavocado.com. And if you want to see my key to a successful marriage meal prepping, I share a lot of it on my Instagram stories, and my handle is by Yanni Kim. And... You can come to my restaurants. I might not be there for the next few months because I'm working on my digital platform. Um, but, yeah, that's probably the best ways to find me in the next few months. Let's tell them what your restaurants are again. So we have the Albright on the Santa Monica Pier, which is a modern um, seaside crab and lobster restaurant. And we just acquired the one right next door to it, which is Rusty's, which will not be called Rusty's uh, forever, but that's what it's called now. And then we have Pappy's, which is another seafood concept, and that's in San Pedro. Mm. And I'm going to be going on a tour of all these restaurants. <laughs> you better. <laughs> Yesterday. <laughs> Thank you so much. And as always, you can contact me at therelationshipexpert.com with any questions. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Have a wonderful evening. Thank you.
You're listening to Love Talk Live with the relationship expert, Jamie Bronstein, only on L.A. Talk Radio. 